So a guy walks into a bar and says, I want to accept life as perfect and orderly and absolutely without need for improvement. Plus, I also want to be improving myself and avoid stagnation. I feel somehow in between these two poles is my discovery of myself. The bartender looks at him and says, well, what does he say? Welcome to the Serve Conscious Podcast, the voice of the mindful service movement. I'm your host, Stefan. Let's begin today's show. What I'm doing now is devoting a shorter episode to providing you with insights on what I took away from the interview. So it'll provide you a great sort of summary of the interview, if you hadn't heard it, and also my reflections on it. This is really helpful for the sort of development of this project because many people I've talked to on this show in the past and now very deliberately everyone I speak to going forward are sort of going to be serving as these rivers that feed into this reservoir of mindful service knowledge and perspectives. You know, they're not just telling a story or covering a topic of the day they're helping build a modality that we don't really have yet in our culture in the West. So even if discussion doesn't exactly go in the direction of mindful service explicitly, I'll also talk about how their perspectives can be adapted to your service life. So it's great. All these realms of knowledge that other people have worked really hard to develop expertise in, I can act like I thought of whatever they said. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I hope it's not misconstrued as that. This is their ideas shaping my very in-process philosophy here on what it means to truly serve. First, I'm just going to ask you for a couple things you can help me with. If you can give the show a review on iTunes, that will really help. More people find the show, listen to it, hopefully get some benefit from it. As well, you can join the Facebook group and be part of the community where we can discuss the deeper dimensions of everything that these episodes bring up because there's just so much to talk about in the world of mindful service. So many struggles, so many challenges that I want to see community support rise to begin to help everyone understand and overcome so we can all learn and grow together. So now my interview summary with Wuda, a agent of mindful service via the way of tea, an ancient practice called Chadao in China, Chado in Japan. A very simple practice that involves sitting with tea, good tea, grown with care and reverence, will absolutely transform your life. Why? Well, tea has always been considered a medicine in China and also a true companion to meditative and mindfulness practices as it has been used for thousands of years. And if you don't believe this, try it yourself. I'll just testify to this that practicing Chadao has absolutely elevated my ability to serve, my ability to live and do happily and joyfully and effectively, and also my ability to teach. Why is this? Well, we shall see, but 
truly you have to experience it yourself. And this practice actually connects you with your innate ability to gather wisdom via experience, not just collecting information, analyzing. Wisdom isn't about refining rhetoric. It is about our ability to intuitively experience our world. And tea is considered the great connector of ourselves to that natural ability that we already have. There are other ways of doing this. Uda and I discussed how doing anything mindful will connect you to this natural ability to have a sense of things. And it will cultivate the awareness to know what it is you truly should be doing with yourself. This is known as Dharma. You know, what is really the whole point of me existing right now? That's Dharma. How do I connect who I am with what's really needed in the moment? And actually, Dharma translates from Sanskrit into the word contact, meaning contacting yourself with the world truthfully, as in you are doing truly what is required of you. So it's hard to really know that, but it really is just about paying attention to what the moment demands. And really navigating this is something that our human physiologies have been shaped into being able to do spontaneously by billions of years of evolution and collection of nature's intelligence that has been handed down you know, through generations. And we're not talking about stories and information here, which are valuable, but an actual nature wisdom that's in our DNA. So this intuitive self will be reacquainted with your conscious self the more you sit in stillness and listen to it. So sitting with tea is a practice of allowing stillness to nourish and feed you. Uh, a really interesting thing that uh, Uda said in the interview was that any other organism, when it is confused, you know, meaning it needs guidance, like I don't really know what to do right now, it stops and it listens to its environment and its own intuition for guidance on what to do next. And we don't really do that in this culture. We've created a culture of motion. So our first impulse is to keep thrusting forward and figuring things out, doing and doing and swatting at answers when in fact sitting still and listening can truly provide answers. Now in the high octane service environment where you are under lots of pressure and getting triggered and things going wrong, there is a place of stillness in you. Taking one second to stop can pay back dividends rather than just continually going and playing whack-a-mole with tasks. You know, that's just being reactive. So yeah, taking time with tea creates stillness. And you might think, oh, tea's caffeinated. It's actually stimulating. Um, good tea actually calms you at the same time. 
it's not really like coffee. And so you'd have to get your hands on some tea like that to really see what we mean here. But doing anything mindfully is really what this is about. You don't have to have necessarily a practice like Chadao, like meditation, even though I highly encourage a practice like that. Doing anything mindfully is basically extending the yogic mind, the meditative mind, the Buddha mind, into all of the work you're doing, all of the challenges you face. You're still practicing. You're never not practicing. One of Wuda's phrases that he loves to say is, you're always serving tea. So when you're serving and drinking tea mindfully, you are refining the attention you put into things and becoming better able to be present and put that attention into things and enjoy and honor the moment. That is now creating a conscious template that you take into everything you do. So being mindful is about taking every opportunity to be, which is always, because there's always an opportunity to be. You can apply the same principles that you apply to a practice of meditation or mindfulness to literally everything. So that's a brief on the way of tea, which may or may not be for you. If it's for you, there's uh, links to explore more in the show notes. If it's not, then its lessons are, its lessons have come from Zen masters throughout the ages that have used tea as a microcosm to cultivate yourself, which is just what I'm trying to do with service. It's the same thing. Show up for it mindfully and you are practicing at being the person that you want to be, someone that is more effective in every other realm of life. And that's just what Wuda and I talked about for the rest of the episode. The bulk of our discussion focused around Zen practice and its core imperative to be balanced. And any practice that makes you a better human effectively really does acknowledge what it means to be a human, and Zen is really good at doing that. And it has this really grounded, clear-eyed view of the human experience. And the line we find ourselves walking between two really, really important commitments. The first one is that life is perfect and wonderful, and the only thing that makes sense is to accept it as absolutely perfect and beyond our judgment. It's like we're not even licensed to make such a judgment of something as big and beautiful and interrelated as life. However, there is also the importance of being better of making our lives and our realities better, of becoming better at being a human being. So there is tension between acknowledging reality, reality including our own selves as part of this reality, as perfect, and using our human ingenuity and brilliance to improve ourselves in this reality without rejecting it, without rejecting how things are. And being able to notice when too much attention is paid in either area. Because if we get too sort of lost in self-improvement, 
then we do begin rejecting reality. And we do begin to become rigid and inflexible and in some ways snobbish and self-elevated or just tortured, unable to really enjoy life because all we're thinking about is how things can be better because they're not good enough. But also, if you get too lost in just thinking everything's perfect, then you get complacent and you don't improve that which needs improvement, that which is shaking us to improve it. And these questions show up everywhere. You know, I will speak emphatically about how service cannot simply be reduced to perfectly adhering to right procedure and form. There has to be so much more there. There has to be an attention on making people feel good. And I wasn't the only one to mention this. Danny Meyer began banging this drum long before I did in his book, Setting the Table. But there is a certain commitment to form that is required in order to show that we actually care about playing our instrument better in a way. Because you can really, really love service and really love making people happy, but not know anything about your product, um, be clumsy and sloppy and irresponsible with money, perhaps not charging people correctly, which will make them frustrated. And so you could be sloppy in all of these realms and simply really loving people and being kind to them and really wanting to make them happy isn't going to be enough because service is about fulfilling the needs of others and they will have basic needs that require your skill for them to be fulfilled. Some of them want to really know what they're eating and drinking and have you guide them properly. You need knowledge for that. But if all you're about is knowledge and form and perfect functionality and yet you have a deep resentment for people or you're just ice cold emotionally, then everything you do is going to be empty and people aren't going to feel like they even got good service when, like on paper, they did. So there is this need to attend to both in your life and always have both. And if you're truly being mindful, then both will get nourished. You'll find that you're able to put attention into doing your tasks properly such that the technical aspect of service is getting taken care of. And you'll notice where you have weaknesses in that area and improve them more readily if you're paying attention. But you get too caught up in perfecting how things function in service, then you can't handle things getting thrown off and you turn into a diva. You can't handle disruption of some sort and hospitality is a world of disruption. You need to be able to say, this is how things are going right now. And they are fundamentally perfect, even though I know ways that they can be better in theory. And we also talked about freedom versus discipline. And looking at this in relation to art is really helpful since one would think that like learning how to use artistic instruments is restrictive to the creative spirit, but in fact, it can liberate the creative spirit because you can learn how to give form to your creativity by learning all of the ways of using certain tools, ways of playing a guitar, which are rigorous and sometimes constraining, but once you learn them, you are free 
to then play better music. Without learning skill, then you're actually truly trapped. Trapped in your own fumblings through the instrument. He provided a great quote from Ursula K. Le Guin, who said, Freedom is not doing anything you want, but doing absolutely what you must. Which goes back to Dharma, right? It's not about just following your impulses. That is not authenticity. It's about looking to how you can show up in ways that are better and more refined. I'm going to relate this to the behavioral aspect of service. If you are serving in a restaurant, you might not feel like you can be yourself, especially if a place is more high-end dining where you have to be very well-mannered and you might feel constrained by this. Like, you know, deep down, you're this like playful, sarcastic, silly person who likes to make off-color jokes and get everyone laughing, uh, which you probably do in the back area. And this is you being your true self. And when you're serving, you're just like shackled and suppressed. However, by learning how to connect with others on their level, where they're at, in ways that aren't going to trigger them, you are actually expanding your social capability and you're expanding your ability to export yourself in ways that you otherwise wouldn't be able to because you would be your off-color jokey self and people would immediately put up a barrier because they just look at you as crude and not like someone they'd ever want to be around. But by refining yourself socially through constant interaction and learning how to adapt yourself rather than just follow impulses, then you are maturing and you are sharpening the sword of your effectiveness in the world. And this can be applied to anything you want in your life. Success so often comes from building relationships. That means understanding others and how to interact with them and not resenting them just because they don't dig your default settings, just because they can't adapt to you. Why is it on them? It's on you to expand your capability through things that may at first feel constraining by disciplining how you put yourself out there. This pays off later. So many other dimensions of this were explored, but I'm trying to keep these summary episodes under 20 minutes. So finally, I'll just mention one last point where we discussed what I believe to be the antidote to you feeling disempowered by your service job. Like you aren't important, you don't matter, you're lowly, you're getting looked down upon, exploited, degraded. Well, service is a tremendous opportunity for living in a place of inner power. How do you do this? You empower others. What? Yeah, that sounds counterintuitive, but in fact, to matter to others, you have to make them matter to you. So we discuss what sounds a lot like the parental role of service, loving others as a parent loves a child. Who's the most important person to a child? Their parents. Loving them, accepting them unconditionally, and demonstrating their importance to you. That's what you do in service, and you will feel a lot more valuable as a result. This will spontaneously reveal your value. 
because everyone will value you. Everyone values someone who values them. This is the core of creating relationships. All right. I really look forward to you listening to the whole interview. It was awesome and insightful and hopefully provides all kinds of new perspectives for you guys as it did with me. All right. Thanks a lot. Check out the website www.serveconscious.com for more content. Oh, and do reach out to me directly and let me know if these new summaries I'm doing are helpful. That would be really helpful to me. All right, sending love to you and everyone in the Bahamas who really need our prayers right now. They are getting absolutely battered by Hurricane Dorian. We're exploring ways to get involved and we'll let you know what we discover. Hope you do too. All right, have a good one. Bye-bye.